Even learning that the whole saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That saying is so bullshit. It is, that, that is a, we shouldn't be teaching kids that. We shouldn't be sharing that with people because we're telling them that their emote, that their feelings about something that's said is invalid. We're not validating people's emotions by believing in that saying. You are now listening to Admirers, the Healing Hearts podcast. This is a show about self-care, healing, and the topics regarding mental health, because it's okay to not be okay most of the time. I'm your host, Joshua Dixon. This is a safe place where each episode, we will talk about certain topics that are often hard to discuss, including but not limited to, such as depression, anxiety, ableism, self-harm, suicide, addiction, healing, hope, and the help that is available. I will also be sharing stories, poems, and self-care guides to help in our journey towards healing, recovery, and obtaining hope for tomorrow. If any of these subjects that we explore or topics become too burdensome, please be aware that it's entirely acceptable to take a break start over, or even discontinue altogether. As we continue to gain knowledge from one another, together we find purpose in fighting for tomorrow's light. Hey, thank you for being here today. And though right now it's a difficult time for me, I am thankful to actually be here with you. I love being here. And I wanted to start this new routine of uploading on Thursdays and having Thursdays be when the Healing Hearts podcast come out. It's going to come out really, really late tonight, probably maybe 11 p.m. CST, Central Standard Time. So I'm sorry about that. So it'll be available for everyone going towards tomorrow morning. But from here on out, I'm going to try my hardest to have the podcast edited, clipped, all of that great stuff and uploaded and published by the early morning hours of Thursday. So that if you're in the car on your way to work, you can listen to it on your, on your way to school, you can listen to it. It could just be there for you on Thursday so that you don't have to worry about, Oh, well, it's getting late. I'm I'm about to go to bed and the podcast haven't came out yet. So that should help anyone who wants to listen to be able to listen um, at a convenient time for them on Thursday. So Thursday will be our day. Christina, which is our lovely ambassador, my first ambassador for Admire, where she asked me, how did I find the right counselor or the right therapist to help me out in my endeavors? I've had many different counselors, honestly. I've had about four to five counselors in the past 15 years and each counselor is entirely different. Their teaching style of teaching me how to better take care of myself and preparing me for the world is entirely different to a certain extent. But the needs that I need from each one of them were different for the time. They were curated for what I was struggling with. So as a young child, um, recovering from the accident, I had PTSD really bad and being afraid of pit bulls, being afraid of going outside, being afraid of the snow, being afraid of everything, honestly. And with my child life therapist at the time, our goals was to focus on reintroducing me into society in a way that I can feel comfortable and not feel like that I'm going to die and not be and not be afraid of every single dog that I saw because at the time I believed that every single dog was out to get me was out to hurt me was out to 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 harm me and my loved ones and it was going to rip my face off again and this second time that I might actually die that treatment and training and development of not only myself but like my mentality lasted about two to three years and then I wasn't able to see that 
psychiatrist anymore due to um, she moved to a different location. But I was in a, a well enough spot to be like, okay, I know that these is, these areas is where I struggle. I know now that when I have, I now I now know what it what PTSD is, and I now know what it's like to have a PTSD trigger, and that trigger takes me back to the flashbacks. I now know what these flashbacks are, and that I'm not hallucinating. My brain is being re-traumatized. Okay, that's the thing that I can add to my eight-year-old, eight-year-old eight kid um, vocabulary. And understanding that if I had a flashback, that it was okay, that I that that I was even though I was scared, but knowing that I am safe, I think is really important that I learned out of that count out of that time and counseling. Um in one thing that she really focused on deeply was that I am protected. I was with my mom. I was, if I'm traveling in public, I'm going to probably always be around my mom in some capacity or uh, capacity or, uh, or with someone who can supervise me. So that gave me some comfort because I didn't want to be alone again in public. I didn't want to have the accident happen. I didn't want to have a PTSD trigger. And then I'm standing there like a frozen statue, which was, Something that did happen a lot. If I heard a dog, if I heard a dog bike, I would have flashbacks and I would have cold sweats and I would just stare off in space. But really, in my mind, I'm like going through the accident of being having my face ripped off of my bone, like off of my skull, and just the gruesome details that are attached with that. And even to this day, as 23 years old and 15 years later, I still grapple with some of those same issues, but handling them are a lot better now. I don't sweat as much. I know how to tap myself out of my own triggers rather than having someone tap me out of it. Um, I'm able to rub dogs. <laughs> I even have my own dog now. I have Chloe and I'll love Chloe truly, but it took him is taking me years and it's taking me those initial talks of learning about childhood trauma and re-exposure to life after a traumatic incident. The second counselor I had was a behavioral therapist and she was just remarkable and very, very helpful. And she really prepared me for life after high school where I was going to go out of state for school. And she's the one that diagnosed me with CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, let's just look at that real quick. Contra I mean, complex post-traumatic stress disorder or CPTSD is a condition where you experience some symptoms of PTSD alongside some additional symptoms, such as difficulty controlling your emotions, feeling very angry or distrustful towards the world. And feelings of worthlessness, shame or guilt, Problems controlling your emotions, finding it hard to feel connected with other people, relationship problems, and having trouble keeping friends or partners. And oh, so check this out. So it says, um, Google says, how do I stop being triggered by CPTSD? Try grounding techniques. Get to know your triggers. You might find that certain experiences, situations, or people seem to trigger flashbacks or, or other symptoms. Confine in someone. Give yourself time. Try peer support. Find a specialist that supports um, CPTSD. And look after your physical health. I think that's a good stopping point on researching CPTSD for this brief moment in the podcast. TT, I mean, finding out that I had CPTSD really changed my life because 
CT, um, because I had anxiety, I had depression, I had suicidal thoughts, which are all symptoms of CPTSD. And I still had nightmares. I still had sleep terrors. I still had these flashbacks. And I still was afraid of dogs. And I'm still afraid of big dogs. And I'm afraid of pit bulls. And if I see a pit bull that looks like the pit bulls that attack me, I have triggers. If I touch a certain part of my face, then I can visually remember and feel exactly what it's like to be, to have my skin ripped off of me in that area. And it's, even I rub that side of my face each and every day, several times a day, maybe dozens of times a day. I have like a three second flashback each and every time. Even when my partner rubs my face on that side, I have a flashback each and every time. It's just learning that I had this part of post-traumatic stress disorder has helped me be comfortable with going through these experiences and understanding that I'm safe, which is key, is just rehearsing over and over again that you are absolutely safe. I didn't go to this counselor willingly. Um, This counselor, when I was 16 years old, uh, my mom forced me to go to counseling after I wrote my 2015 suicide letter that I posted on Facebook and basically told the world that I hated being alive and that I wanted to die besides dealing with the pain that I was going through, with being bullied, with 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 not being accepted, with this possibility of a future, but not being protected because I've been spent so many years and so much time under my mom is I didn't know how to defend for myself. And every time I stepped outside of the world on my own, I got bullied. I got beat up. I got jumped. I got, as so much stuff happened to me in high school. I mean, it makes no freaking sense how much things, how many things have happened to me by peers, by people in the school, by people in public, by being on the bus by being in just a regular shopping mall or or Walmart. <laughs> but I did not want to spend the rest of my life going through this judgment and people just discriminating against me and treating me as if I'm an enemy or some sort of criminal or this horrible monster that needs to be slaughtered. It, it just hurt. It's like, dang, like I've been through so many years of this. At that point, I had been through eight years of being judged and bullied and treated as an outsider, treated as a as a minority within a minority group. And being called disabled, which is a term that I really didn't like. Um it was a really hard time for me. And so my mom forced me into counseling the next week after she found out about my letter. And I'm gonna read I'm gonna read a segment from the the blog uh a blog posting that's on the Admirer Healing Hearts um Admirer website on the Healing Hearts blog. I'm just gonna read this segment after my mom found out about the letter and she basically confronted me about it. She forced me to counseling the very next week. It was hard at first as I wouldn't open up to the counselor. Quote, I told her I was broken and permanently damaged. End quote. I sat there mostly in silence in my first session and my mom confessed my entire life to this woman. She even shared my letter with her. This stranger truly cared about me and wanted me to reach out my hand for help when I was ready. Pause. That's really important. Is to understand that in order to go to counseling, for counseling to be successful, you have to want the help. Even though I was forced to go to counseling, it wasn't working in the beginning until I finally reached out my hand for help. And at the time, I had health care insurance taking care of it. So literally, I got to just sit there and continue to waste this lady's time. But no, she was really invested in each and every time she presented herself with the opportunity to put her hand out and say that her hand is there when I was ready to accept her help because I knew that I needed help. And the first few sessions were really rough because I didn't want to be there. I didn't care about being there. And I just wanted 
to just not be in this world. But back to the back to the blog posting. The second meeting was one on one with having mom being present. The counselor said nothing, but she started by giving me a hug. Quote, it's okay. I see you're hurting. We're thankful to have you here with us. We want the best for you. End quote. I cried my ass off for at least 10 minutes straight. That hug broke me down and opened my wounds. I began talking about it and she be, and she listened to me without judgment and assuring me that I was safe. Pause. Those were the crucial things that kept me going back to counseling. Was that she listened to me, she valued me, she assured me that my emotions, that my experiences were real and that they're valid and that what I felt was not me undermining my own emotions she supported my emotions and and made made sure that I acknowledged them at that sadness I had she made sure that like I said that that it's okay to be sad that I would recommend that anyone who's seeking counseling or seeking even just emotional support or mental support to just talk with someone to help you and like coach you, coach you through the storm that's, that's sitting over you or coaching you through the storms that may be stopping your flow or being in your journey or upcoming, make sure that they make you feel safe. Make sure that they listen to you without judgment, whether you're a person who's, um, this is the, don't please don't judge me for saying this, but this is the first example that I can think of is if you're an abuser, because we often talk about being the abusee, the person who's who's abused and how they should get help. But we often don't talk about the person who's the abuser and how they're getting help. If an abuser is going to counseling to better themselves so that they can stop hurting people and stop hurting particular individuals or even just hurting themselves because you can be a uh, you can be a substance abuser. Is that counselor's job is to let them know that though what they're doing is not healthy, that it may be bad. But is to not judge them. Because that counselor understands one thing. One really important thing is that as humans, it's okay to be human. And we've all been through something. And those, we, some people can go through similar or the same experience, but have a total different reaction to it, which can cause harm or can cause, I guess, um, a hurt person to not be a hurt person. They be they can be a hurt person who will people, or it can create harm, like a person who is a hurt person who hurts other people. That counselor understands that. That counselor understands that this person is sitting in front of them with a choice to be there, so that they are actually seeking help. They're seeking a reason to get themselves out of the situation that they're in. So it's important to have a counselor that doesn't judge you for who you are and your current routines or your current self-care, quote-unquote self-care routines that might not actually be self-care routines. They could be self-deprecation routines, but you're here to learn. And so that person that's going to teach you, they need to be judge-free. That doesn't mean that they need to just sugarcoat everything i think they should have a level of authority to be like hey you shouldn't do that like let's talk about how that's not a good behavior but what i mean by judging someone when it comes to counseling is saying that uh, um let's see i'm thinking of something extreme I got mad at someone and I slashed their tires. Now, this is not something I did, but like 
See, like for instance, you told your counselor, I got mad at someone and slashed your tires. And the counselor is just like, well, you should go to jail for that because that's that's um, destruction of a property or whatever charge you can get for that. Instead, the counselor would be like, the counselor is going to be like, well, that's not a healthy way to respond to the anger that you had against the, uh, about that person. But can we please talk about what was going on inside of you that may have made you so angry that you wanted to do that. Let's get to the root of that anger instead of the action that actually took place because that that action comes from a source. So let's target this source so that an action like that may not happen again. And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset. And sometimes we get so upset that we don't know how to control it, that we do lash out. So let's figure out what might have triggered your anger and how can we properly help you control your anger and deal with it and understand the source and the root of where that anger come from. You see that now? You see where like it's positive, constructive criticism that leads to a hopeful solution Rather than creating, saying that, oh, you need to go to, you need to get charged with um, destruction of someone's property, which can make a person who's seeking help withdraw their hand and never come back to counseling. So that's important. Let's go back to the blog really quickly for a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to resume where I, um, right before I left off is. I cried my ass off for at least 10 minutes straight. That hug broke me down and opened my wounds. I began to talking about it. And she listened to me without judgment. She assured, assured me that I was safe. Almost two years of seeing her, I learned about the power of affirmations, art therapy, deep breathing, on deep breathing meditations, causes of my CPTSD, and possible ways to cope with triggers, anger management, how to check in daily with my own mental wellness, and so many other helpful resources that I carry with me precisely six years later. Now it's seven years later since I wrote this letter. I'm not perfect. I struggle with depression, anxiety, CPTSD, and suicidal thoughts, but identifying them and actively learning how to cope with them makes life fulfilling for me. It makes me excited to be here every day. I take it one day at a time and establish small daily goals that feel just as powerful as big ones. I never thought I would live to see 22. If I could talk to younger Josh, I would tell him, I am sorry from the bottom of my heart for all of the pain and suffering you feel. I need you to know that your life is meaningful and deserves a place in this world. Your life is worth fighting for. Just take it one day at a time. It's okay to cry. It's normal to have mixed emotions. It's okay to be upset. You are not alone. Yes, your experiences are so unique that they set you apart from everyone else. But don't compare yourself to others. Talking about your pain is one of the first steps towards healing. Your feeling of isolation and sadness is not something you should fight along. Help is available, and it's worth every teardrop associated with it. I love you. You're love. Oh, wait, before I forget. It's okay to be different, to be human in your own way, aside from social constructs. That's the end of that blog, that blog posting. But I read that to you as really important for me to just even say that out loud. All of those words are still true to me to this day. Being in that counseling session and being with that particular counselor before I stepped out in the world as a young adult, on my own without without parental supervision. She saved my life, but really my mom saved my life. My mom is the one who forced me to go to counseling. Give me one second, I gotta take a sip of water. (sighs) 
learning about those things were able to show me that I am not a terrible person, that I was not a terrible person, but though I had toxic traits that attributed to my personality and they were really defense mechanisms rather than just being these standardized um, character traits, I would get really agitated fast. Um, I would get, I would slam the door closed because I was upset. Um, I had many small temper tantrums, but really what hurt was my words. And being in the counseling, I learned that what I was doing was projecting. I was projecting the hurt and pain that I was experiencing each and every day and bottling it up inside and pour and pouring it into the people who were around me, just dumping my 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 trauma onto people in an unhealthy manner rather than just sharing with them what happened. I was in a way being a bully myself. And I was still kind and gentle, but if I had a bad day, I created bad days for my mom. So being in counseling helped me realize that I am a very emotionally vulnerable person that I've been through some of the worst shit that I can imagine because at that time I didn't believe that my that I've that what I've been through deserves respect that being raped as a kid or being like being sexually excited or being bullied like those things like I felt like the time I believed that those things were meant to happen to me because I am damned or cursed or all or just I don't know I deserve the shit in the stick but being in counseling she assured me that I was just in in bad situations not because of me but just because that I was just in the wrong environment around people who were supposed to protect me but they didn't and I can't blame myself for that and as a kid, there's only so much power you do to have. So I used to blame myself for the accident. And she told me, she's like, hey, you were just the kid following your dad's orders so that you wouldn't get disciplined. Don't put that burden on yourself like that. You are not a burden to this world. You are not a burden to your family. You deserve to be here and I'm sorry that you feel like you deserve the blame for every single thing in your life but some of these things that you blame yourself for is nowhere near your responsibility to bear it or to even bear it alone it's okay so counseling helped me a lot over the years and even the counselor I'm with now is the reason why I have my current counselor is just to help me stay balanced. Uh, I felt some, I felt like I was being really depressed, that I was going through a lot of stress and that a lot of nightmares were happening outside of my typical times, my typical period in the year where I have nightmares. And I felt like I was about to come up on a mental health crisis. So I checked myself into counseling this time. And this counselor has just been helping me stabilize and manage my stress by doing yoga, um, focusing on deep breathing and grounding exercises, focusing on my mental, my mental literacy so that I'm very, very aware of these things that are bothering me and that are creating unhealthy boundaries in my, in my life. And um, I also had a counselor with my second suicide attempt when I created the I, when I created the concept for Admirer before Admirer fully launched back in 2021. I checked myself into counseling a week after my suicide attempt. She helped me learn how to love myself. 
that was the goal of that period of my life of counseling. Going into that counseling with that psychiatrist was learning how. So I guess the first psychiatrist that I had as a kid, her goal was to reintroduce me into this new world of normal, of normalcy for my life. That was her goal, and that was achieved. The second counselor was, her goal was to how to show me that I can survive in a world that has so much adversity against me. And adversity I had against myself because of the adversity that I was faced with. And learning how to accept that not everyone's going to like me or love me and that I have to protect myself and separate myself if and when I can so that I can be here tomorrow rather than wanting to die in the moment. My third counselor, which was after my suicide attempt, my second suicide attempt, her goal was to teach me from not only how did my domestic violence relationship that I was in, how was it toxic? How was it bad? How to set healthy boundaries for dating going forward? And how to love myself amidst all of the stuff that I've been through. And how to still go in front of the mirror and say, I love you, that I admire you, that I appreciate you for all that you do, that I love the way that you look and that you look fantastic to me. I mean, literally sitting in front of the mirrors and saying affirmations to myself, she taught me the power of affirmations. And that later became my inspiration for Admirewear. Is that day of standing in the mirror and saying, I admire you for not giving up. We got this. That changed the trajectory of my life is learning how to love myself through the sexual violence that I've been through, through the domestic violence that I've been through, through the physical violence that I've been through, through the mental violence that I've been through, through the spiritual violence that I've been through, through the dog mauling experience that I've been through, through the self-harm that I've been through, through the, the cutting that I did to myself, through the suicide attempts, through every single thing even being disowned by family, being disowned by people who love me, by even learning that the whole saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That saying is so bullshit. It is, that that is a, we shouldn't be teaching kids that. We shouldn't be sharing that with people because we're telling them that their emote, that their feelings about something that's said is invalid. We're not validating people's emotions by believing in that saying. Someone that loves and cares about you can say something that can destroy every bone in your body. Think about that. Who's listening to this have been hurt by someone who they looked up to or someone who was supposed to be a protector of them or their parent or even, I mean, even your kids can hurt your feelings and break every bone in your body with the words that they say. So who are we to tell kids that stick and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt them? We're just preparing them to be disappointed. We're preparing them for a false reality. So by understanding that that's, that's, that idea is toxic and low-key gaslighting. It's a gaslighting theory that if I say anything to you, it shouldn't matter because it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to break your bones, which means it's not going to hurt you. We collectively need to reestablish that things do hurt. Words can hurt 
more than even physical pain sometimes. Some people who self-harm, self-harm because they want the physical harm to outweigh the mental harm. And self-harm is is usually a solution that is created before a person is at the point where they might want to end their life. This is a unhealthy prevention method, suicide prevention method, that some people use to prevent themselves from actually taking their taking themselves out of this world. They use self, they use physical pain to take themselves away from the mental pain, and that helps them stay here in this world. Words that we say impact people a lot. And using affirmations can help you take ownership over your voice, your internal voice, your internal dialogue, and a dialogue of others. If you sit in front of the mirror and no one has ever told you, but like you sit in front of the mirror and say, I love you. I admire you. You are safe. You are beautiful. You are sexy. You are talented. You are you and I love you for being you and you are enough just the way you freaking are. I wouldn't want you to change for the world. I want what's best for you. I want you to grow, but I don't want you to change if you don't want to change. I want you to change for what's best for you. I want you to develop for what's best for you, not for what's best to meet the needs and demands of someone else. I want what's best for you because what's best for you leads to your happiness, your growth, your your satisfaction of life. I want to see you smile again. I want to see you happy again. And in order to do that, we need to love each other because I'm not your enemy. I'm your friend. I love you. And you are never alone because you have me. Because I'm here with you every step of the way. Me, myself, well, you yourself as you. It's all me, myself, and me. These are just like, I'm in that quote, but those are the things that I say to myself in the mirror or even just in a reflection of my phone each and every time. Because I have so much self-doubt. I have so many critics inside of my head, so many critics I, that are on my phone. Even like our relationship can be a critic to us. So. It's important to know how to filter it out. And the way you filter is by replacing it with with you. Loving you the way that you deserve to be loved. And loving you the way that you love others. Because if you're listening to your healing heart, and also that might mean that you have a really big heart and that you give more than what you get. You have to learn to take some of that back and give it to yourself instead. But I can keep going on and on and on about healing and about words and how much they can hurt and how by bringing awareness to that, we can learn how to use words to help us heal, which is a big journey and mission and and core values that Edmire supports and utilizes each and every day in the clothing, in the cups, in the bottles, in the apparel. And even in our messages, well, my messages, even here, words mean a lot and words can help heal besides hurting. And if you want to check out anything more about Admirer, you can go to admirer.com. Link is in the bio. Link is also in the description of this podcast. Before I end with these notes and with these um, top rated online um, mental health services, um, I will like for you to go to the top of your screen on your respective platform and, and rate this podcast so that 
other people who may need help, who might need support, who might want to have this conversation that we're not having enough of about counseling, um, can can have it because it can help them and it can help save a life and it can help create hope. It can create keep. It can help create love and admiration for the next person and um help us get the word out, the word of hope, love, and admiration to people who need it. So I really appreciate you for being here. I really appreciate you for making it this far in the podcast. And I hope to have you here again next time. But uh, please rate us. We will truly love that as this podcast grows and develops. But um, for those who made it all over to the end, here's a list of mental health counseling services, well, online counseling services that are top rated. Um, they're in the four star ranges um, listed on Ford, Forbes website. So first, we're going to start with BetterHelp. I use BetterHelp for the counseling that I have now and including for the counseling that I received after my second suicide attempt following my um, my breakup from the domestic violence relationship that I was in. BetterHelp was created in 2013. BetterHelp is a mental health platform that provides online mental health services directly to consumers. The online counseling and therapy services that are provided through web-based interactions as well as phone and text communication. Prices range between $60 and $90 weekly Build every four weeks. They offer couples and teen therapy. Users can message their therapist anytime. They are not covered by insurance, but it's a really great platform. I definitely will give them a 4.5 out of 5. And if you get matched with a counselor, so they give you a questionnaire. All of these platforms that I'm going to list today, they all give you a questionnaire. Um, I can't speak for other platforms on this next segment that I'm going to say, but BetterHelp, if you get matched with a counselor that you may not like, may not agree with, you can actually switch and get a new counselor free of charge, and you can surf through a very, very, very long list of qualified, specialized professionals in your local area, in your state that are available who are accepting clients and those people may have the specialized needs that you need. So it's important for you to know, like, what do you actually need help with? Like, what do you actually need help with right now? And, and by going through that, you can find someone who um, meets an age requirement for you. For me, I feel like if you're going to help me mentally for um, as counseling and I'm going to pay you for it, but rather you be someone who's about 20 years older than me, but pretty much no more than that, because I feel like my personal bias, but if you're like 80 years old, 70 years old, you're kind of too far removed away from what it was like to be 20. From being 23 years old, like you lived in a different era of being 20, which is way different in the era of being 20 now. So there might be some things that can correlate, but might be a lot of contrast and there are comparisons. So I just respect that I need someone who's relatively 20 years older than me. Cool. That's one of my requirements. One of my also requirements for when I'm looking for a counselor is that they're specialized in post-traumatic stress disorder, that they're that they're specialized in childhood trauma, that they're specialized in suicidal ideation and depression. Those things are really important to me because those are the things that I struggle with most. Um, so keep that in mind when you're also just navigating because your first counselor, you might not like them, but you can, can't, like, you can switch therapists and go through a list and find someone else. And then you can continue to do this your whole time. So you find someone that works for you. Having finding a counselor is trial and error. Not every counselor is going to be the best for you, but some people do have good availability and some people don't. So that's also a huge factor as well that I would say communicate, make sure that 
you're paying attention to the availability of that specialist as well so that they can meet your needs in terms of scheduling because they could be a great person for you but might not have the time for you when you need it when you need them most so be mindful of that Talkspace Talkspace is an online and mobile therapy um, company based in New York City it was founded by Oren and Ronnie Frank in 2012 Talkspace users have access to licensed therapists throughout their web throughout the website and mobile app on iOS and Android. Also, go back to better um back to BetterHelp. BetterHelp therapists are licensed therapists. They also have a mobile app for iOS and Android. So the prices for Talkspace varies, but approximately about sixty nine dollars per week for text, video, and audio messaging. Build monthly quarterly or biannually depending on description they do accept some insurances and then you may pay a copay and users can pick their own therapist there there's another platform called regain regain is hosted by BetterHelp, so everything is very similar to BetterHelp. regain is an online relationship therapy platform we change the way people are getting um we change the way that people are getting help facing relationship challenges by providing convenient and affordable access to a licensed to a licensed therapist. Regain makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere through computer, tablet, smartphone. Regain may you uh, may be used by individuals or couples seeking therapy for relationships or marital issues. Two users share a joint account which they can communicate with the therapist together all written communication is both visible is visible to both users and the therapist if either party would like to speak with a therapist one-on-one an individual live session can be scheduled Sabrevu gives you easy access to high quality mental health care all from the convenience and privacy of your home our therapists and medical prescribers undergo a rigorous vetting process and a monthly audits so that you continuously receive superior treatment. Sessions are about $73.75 for a session for therapy, billed at $295 per month. Users can pick their own therapist, insurance is accepted, and you can either you have the option to either just sign up for therapy or sign up for counseling plus um, therapy plus medication or therapy uh, or I mean or just medication only services and all of these providers so cerebral counseling regain talkspace and better health are the top listed online health uh, online counseling services on Forbes. Also, these are the only affordable ones that I found. Every other one that I found is over $100 per session. So though this may be expensive, mental health care is tangible, but not as affordable and accessible as it should be. So there's an organization that I donate 15% of my proceeds to up to 15% of my proceeds to is Taloha or to write love on her arms, which is an American nonprofit that aims to present hope for people struggling with addiction, depression, self-injury, and thoughts of suicide, while also investing in treatment for recovery. I mean, Taloha also provides scholarships to people who are unable to afford counseling. They provide scholarships so that you can have mental health counseling services to help you on your journey in your life because a new chapter awaits you always and counseling may not be for everyone but it might be for you and all it starts with is reaching your hand out and knowing that you are looking forward to the help and guidance think of them as guidance counselors or people who are going to guide you through the storm 
you can even, uh, in some cases, have a counselor who's faith-based in the faith that you support and believe in, or have them to be a counselor who who's not supported in faith. So there's a lot of flexibility there. And these are just a, like a small list of services that are available. There are so many more out there in the world. Or even just talking can be a sense of counseling. Talking with someone who can be unconditional in their love and their trust, but also be non-judgmental and, and can be a great source of just positive, knowledgeable wisdom that can help you through the storm because they know possible tips and solutions to help add to your tool belt to get you through the storms that are crushing you that might have once upon a time crushed them. Kind of like me being here for Admirer and being here for you all as Admirer family. I am a person who has been through so much adversity and turmoil, even at, at a young age of being just 23 right now. But I know that I have enough knowledge and own wisdom and intuition that has not only saved my life, but it's something that I can use to share to help someone else to help one life out there. I thank you for tuning in to this week's Healing Heart podcast episode. I'm looking forward to being here with you again next week. And until then, I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're taking care of yourself. I hope that this episode has helped you, has helped inspired you, has helped you find hope, admiration, and even help you be aware to something that maybe you haven't been aware of in the past. But I hope that you reach your hand out for help and know that your life is important. The world wouldn't be the same without you. So we need you here, and we need you to do what you need to do in order for you to be here. And I need you, if that means that you have to stop pouring into someone's glass so that you can pour back into yours, that is totally fine. Because we need you. You need you, and I miss that smile you used to have. So I love you. I want you to love you too. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great weekend ahead. Bye.